Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above for this week. It's really good to be here with you this morning. I hope everybody had an awesome weekend. And it looks like we might have an awesome week on tap as there isn't anything highly unusual happening in the stars. There isn't anything particularly onerous happening happening in the stars this week. That's always nice to hear, right? That we have definitely some energies, some things that are changing this week, but not anything I think that is going to be particularly bothersome, unless of course we are resistant to that impetus for change and we try to backpedal or hold ourselves back in some way. But if you're all open and you're ready to do this, the universe has got your back, right? That is the kind of week that we have. Now, for some people that might feel like a dampener on their energy, uh, especially because Piscean energy has a softer side and that's where the sun is. And we start the week this week with the moon in Libra. That puts a little bit of focus on our relationships, our partnerships and how it is that we are coming together. And then as we move through the week, the energy will pick up as we move from Libra into the moon in Scorpio, which is always depth and intensity and then the moon will move on into Sagittarius and I believe we actually end with the weekend energy of the moon in Capricorn and uh, Capricorn energy put, likes to get put to work so we have the energy of work as we end the week and we have the energy of relationships as we start the week. So uh, this morning, we do not have Asa with us. So if you have questions, please type them in there and I will come back and forth and uh, take a look at what the commentary stream is. And then we'll, um, uh, any questions that you have, type them in there and hopefully I can see those and get them for you. So let's dive in, shall we? Uh, we begin the week, as I said, with the moon in the sign of Libra. And since the moon rules our emotions, how we feel our, our soul connection to one another, when the moon is in Libra, then we are often very relationship oriented. I have my three C's that I like here, collaboration, cooperation, and co-creation, i.e. teamwork. So the big T, Teamwork is the name of the game for the next couple of days as the moon transits through the sign of relationships, partnerships, marriage, etc. Now, Libra is a sign that is positioned across the zodiac from Aries. So as you know, when we talk about an astrology sign, for example, moon in Libra, we can't just talk about just Libra because Libra is also drawing in energies from that Aries side of things. Now in Aries, we have a theme of independence, right? It's a sign that uh, abhors being dependent on anybody. Um, but Libra as a team builder or team work oriented, relationship oriented sign can sometimes get caught up in codependency. So one of the the keys to unlock with the moon in Libra is about interdependence, how no man or woman is an island and can stand alone all the time in the face of all things. And at the other end, codependency is not a value either that we want to have, but interdependence means that we know when to reach out and to collaborate or to bring in partners that can help us. And on the other hand, we know when it is time for us to stand up for ourselves, do our own work, be our own beings. So we have a sort of collaborative uh, feel in the sign of Libra and where we want to share with one another. We're sharing our feelings. We're sharing our thoughts, ideas, inspirations. Essentially, we're sharing our hearts with one another. Now, Libra as a sign is also indicated in fairness issues, things like balance and equality, um, negotiation, uh, making sure all sides get heard. And we try to come together in the energy of Libra to make things as fair as possible, knowing that we can't always make 100% of the people happy. Um, but we can at least attempt to make as many people happy as we can. 
And in doing so, we create another um, Libran sort of word or energy that is harmony, harmony and balance and peace. And we also see that as it relates to the more uh, uh, aesthetic things like art or decoration or how energy moves through a home. Is it moving through a bunch of junk and chaos or is the energy in your home clean and beautiful and, and no matter you know where you are, you can always do more to beautify your surroundings, clean off your desk, etc, etc. This is a sign that is pushing us toward more sociability. And I broke that word up from sociability to social ability, right? The ability to be tactful, diplomatic, to get along with one another. It's a sign that says, can't we all just get along, right? <laughs> and we can, we can all get along, especially if we value one another and we value our differences because it's the differences that usually create the chaos. And in this case, this sign wants us to get along anyway. Now, there are less desirable traits, of course, in any sign, and Libra does have some of those less desirable traits of codependencies, um, appeasing behaviors. That, that Because <clears throat> Libra energy likes to be the team player, often they're very willing, almost you know, extraordinarily willing to give away themselves to appease another, to make nice, to make it peaceful. Um, and there's nothing wrong, ideally, with um, trying to make the most number of people happy. But I think Libra's main lesson is that I have to be happy first, right? It comes with the I am from over across the way in Aries. So if I am happy, then I can, by my own energy field, make others happy or attempt to help them become happier as well. But if I am not happy, if I am not feeling it, then I'm unable to do that for other people except by giving away myself, right? Giving away. So appeasing behaviors, indecision, another dish issue with uh, Libra. Indecision becomes a problem when they are waffling, stepping on one side or the other uh, because they can see all sides, right? They can see the benefits and the pitfalls of everything. It makes it hard for them to make a decision. Uh, for Libras, I think, and sometimes Gemini and uh, even Virgos, it's really good to know your human design so that you know exactly how it is that you're defined to make decisions or else sometimes making decisions can be a terrible thing for you. Um, Libra can also get into aimless debate, uh, debating an issue, beating it until it's dead. I have a nephew whom I adore who is <laughs> a Libra. He is the consummate debater. My son, the youngest, is a, a Libra, and he is the consummate debater. He and I can go head to head on all kinds of subjects, and we do because they can debate. They can see so much. Uh, aimless debate is what we're hoping to stay clear of, right? Debate is healthy, but aimless debate going round and round and round on a subject is what we want to avoid. Hmm. Uh, all right, today the moon in uh, Libra is in a trine to Saturn, Mercury, and Jupiter. A trine as a 120 degree angle is a relationship of smoothness and flow. And that means that uh, that's because the planets that are in trine with the moon are in the same element, air. So today's a very airy day. Air energy is predominant with the moon in Libra, Saturn, Mercury, and Jupiter all in Aquarius and all coming into that trine with the moon today or the moon coming into the trine with them as she is the faster moving body. So today's energy is really about ideas and sharing and communication and inspiration and talkativeness. I think probably the only Achilles heel here is about many people trying to speak at the same time and nobody's listening or who's listening if everybody's talking, right? Uh, okay, so there we go. Oh, I see nobody in the chat today. That is interesting, which means that likely there's some kind of problem going on in the chat stream. And uh, I'm going to have to find out what's going on there because I don't see anybody. And it's been, uh, yeah, maybe because 
uh, Asa, maybe are you logged in listening from behind the scenes? I don't know. You'd have to find out what's going on with the chat stream these days. Uh, all right, so let's now, before I forget about it, let's go and take a look at what is going on from the for the week's energies, right? So we want to take a look now at the whole of the week. And I've got actually a graphic to share with you about to the uh, at least the human design energy for the week. And actually, the new human design week begins tomorrow. But since I'm not on air tomorrow, I want to be able to uh, let you guys know what's going on there. So let me share this. There we go. So week one of March, by the way, happy March today, March 1st. You know that saying March comes in, if March comes in like a lion, it goes out like a lamb. I don't know what happens when March comes in like a lamb. Does it go out like a lion? Uh, yeah, Debbie, thank you. Live chat has an error message. Thanks, Debbie, for letting me know that. I, I don't know what the problem is um, there, but we maybe will need to find that out because that's more than once that that's happened. So anyway, week one, letting curiosity, today's a great day to talk about curiosity even, letting curiosity lead us to discover how our dreams and our goals will manifest. This is really related to having an open mind, right? The gate that the sun will be in and the gate that the earth is in for starting tomorrow are up in the head center, the very top center. And the theme in the head center is about inspiration and ideas and how we are wanting to share of those ideas. In a human design chart, the head center, the top center is partway in the physical being in the body. And the other part of it, the, the top part of that triangle points up to a space above the head, up out into uh, the spiritual or the etherical realm, which leads me to believe that curiosity sometimes is triggered by an inspiration coming in, maybe possibly through the galactic center, maybe just from the, the cosmic energy that's available on a planet. And the sun this week at the gate 63 is in the gate of curiosity, right? It's about letting go of our self-doubts or our doubting Thomas minds by staying curious, and asking or wondering how the universe might provide solutions for you or pathways forward or what opportunities can show up in your life as a result of possibility. So staying curious, stay curious, my friends. In the gene keys this week, our energy will be in the shadow, doubt. Now, there is a place for doubt and suspicion in human design. It's not meant to be turned inward at oneself. However, it's meant to be used to doubt information that's coming in to, to at least for the moment before you just leap into the inspiration that has come in to, to wait and see what might be boiling just beneath the surface for you, what more might be possible with an idea before you actually leap in and take action on it. So that's where we have the earth for us this week. She's sitting at the gate 64, the gate of divine transference. These, by the way, are quantum human design terms, the quantum human design system by Karen Curry Parker. So there are traditional human design words that we could use to describe these gates, but I choose to use the quantum human design language as I think it's pushing us to uh, the evolution of our species, right? To think from a higher position, uh, to embrace uh, knowingness coming from a, a higher level. So the Earth at Gate 64, divine transference, is about the best ideas coming to us at times in whole downloads where we may not have the instructions on the how. And the trigger point for us is to try to figure things out. We even have that, I mean, how many times have you used that terminology? I need to figure out how, I need to figure out when, I need to figure out with who, um, I, I need to figure out why. Uh, anything that you use that word or that phrase, figuring it out, is a place in, um, it's a place in the chart or a place in your energy where you're, you're caught up in something that likely isn't your role because it isn't up to us to figure things out. 
It isn't up to us to figure out why. It isn't up to us to figure out when. It is up to us to follow the signs and the symbols that are showing up in our world or as a projector waiting for those invitations. And then using your authority to determine, am I moving in the right direction? Is this correct for me? So the divine transference comes in and you have to have, oh, clear my throat here, <clears throat> faith and trust. And we have to surrender to the universe and the sense of timing that comes from having that faith, trust, and surrender to the universal energy. So it's not that our, our job specifically is in the what, but what do I want? What do I want to see in the world? What do I want to play with in the world? And you can even ask the who do who is going to show up in my world, right? But again, that part isn't for you to figure out. That part is for you to be open to discovering as time comes closer and closer to you, as the universe starts to bring those pieces together. But the earth at the gate 64 in the divine transference can create confusion. And that confusion is the shadow energy is in, it's like, I, I don't know, I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know where, I don't know with who. Well, okay, that's the proper place for you to be. And the proper place for you to be there isn't necessarily in a state of confusion, but raising up to the gift, it's about imagination. And as I can use my imagination to sort of scan the field of what's possible, then I create a pathway to an open mind. And in the Siddhi then comes illumination. In the aha moment, the gate 64's correct use of confusion comes in an epiphany or in a revelation or in that aha, right? When you least expect it, whoo, there's your answer kind of thing. So this week's energy is really going to take us into that level of having faith that all of those questions that we have are really just pressures that are coming to us from the outside world, often the collective and or the people in your life, your family members even, who want to know how, when, why, can you prove it? But literally, maybe they didn't even ask the question. <laughs> literally, you're feeling the pressure, but no questions have been asked except by your own mind. So hopefully that makes sense to everybody, right? You're here to dance with life, to be curious, to be openly open-minded, to be openly willing to wait for the universe to reveal the answers to the question um, of figuring things out. So it's going to be an interesting week, I think, again, for us here, uh, because we get to, to inquire, right? The, the gift in the sun's gate is about inquiry and the truth, right? That's what we're after really is truth. What's our truth? And sometimes that truth is in just staying curious, staying open to what more is possible, right? So hopefully everybody gets that. And uh, there was something else I was going to show you as, what was my other mm. Hi. <laughs> um, let's take a look at the week ahead now, besides just that energy of the new week. Uranus this week is also shifting into a new gate. And for those of you who signed up for the free course, Human Design for 2021, I do quite a bit of, of work on Uranus for the year. And Uranus shifting gates is unique, right? It's unique because he doesn't shift gates all that frequently. Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, all of those planets that are further out don't shift the gates as much uh, as the other planets. And often when they do, they get kind of foreshadow for us an energy that's coming up for the future. So for example, Uranus's shift is from the gate 27, lower in the human design, actually sitting on the... Um, the sacral center, which is the energy of nurturing and feeding, clothing, housing, caring for, uh, teaching, did I say teaching? Um, educating, uh, all of the things that we think of that the, of the maternal or the more um, uh, uh, feminine energies of nurturing. So those are where we share values and the laws of the land come through the feminine because the laws are designed to support the most number of people, likely even the weakest units of the 
of the tribe or community, the children, right? The children or the weak or the infirm and to, to, to make a pathway so that we have a healthy tribe or community. Well, Uranus has been sitting there for a while now and is now moving back into the head center. Uh, actually on the Ajna, the second center down at the gate 24, which is called the gate of blessings. Now, the gate 24 is interesting because of its position on the Ajna. It's also involved with thinking. So for the beginning of the week here, or at least starting tomorrow, uh, and by the way, Uranus shifts tomorrow as well. We have a lot of focus in the mind, right? The mind, and is it something that we're using as a, as a weapon, as a tool against ourselves? Or are we using the mind for the reasons that it's meant to, which is to imagine and to um, be open-minded and curious and in wonder and in the mystical and magical of the world? Or are we, as the gate 24 might suggest in uh, Uranus, are we rationalizing what's going on in our world or on our planet um, and not kind of getting caught up in a narrative of rationalization instead of staying in that blessings sort of place. And blessings in this particular instance can really be about gratitude, being grateful. This is one of the gratitude gates in human design. And as such, when we are grateful for all we have, it acts as a magnet to bring us more, more of what we've been focusing on. You know, there's no reason to rationalize not having enough, not getting what you desire not having satisfying relationships, uh, uh, a work that you are, or job that you are passionate about, or having love in your life, there's, we can rationalize that uh, away by things like, you know, uh, well, it's COVID, right? I can't, I can't, my, I lost my job because of COVID, or I can't get out and, and, you know, build relationships. So rationalizing things can take us out of the magic and the wonder and the awe and a way forward with that might be like this. I wonder how things are going to shift here in the future because they're, they're going to, right? The energy isn't going to stay stuck like this forever. So I wonder what more is possible. I wonder who my first opportunity to date will be. Uh, those kinds of things that keep your mind curious and open and wondering and sort of in the mystical awe of things rather than the rationalizing of of anything or creating a narrative that is limiting or bringing things into uh, fear or into a shadow energy. So Uranus sitting here as an awakener might likely be awakening us to where are we carrying the story? What story are we stuck with telling? And is that a story that we wanna continue telling, right? Is there a better story? Can we create, are, are you the writer of the story, the narrative, or are you the victim of the narrative? Either way, when you stop and think about this and step back from it, you see that you're the writer here. You're the, the creator of the narrative. And even though Uranus might bring us surprises or even upsets or things that, you know, you know we didn't necessarily want to have, um, or in surprising ways, or in even shocking ways, uh, ways, uh, stepping back and wondering, wow, I wonder what this is leading me to, right? I wonder why this is showing up now, right? We can all use this energy as a way to seek the blessings in what is happening, both individually, but also collectively. How does this serve the collective, these things that we've gone through? The, um, the, the irritations, the conspiracies, the, the insurrections, the anger, the hostility, the polarity, the divisions, what are all those doing to serve us? I wonder how those things are actually blessings, right? Then when you start to think of it from that position, it completely turns everything upside down on its head. Hmm. I wonder why we're experiencing polarization. That was a big energy in 2020. Still sort of here, maybe gone underground a bit, but there's still that polarization going on. I wonder how that's serving humanity. 
not to get caught up in it personally, but to uh, adopt a sort of wait and see or a curiosity about uh, how this is serving our evolution, because I guarantee you it is. Even if it doesn't look like it at the moment, somewhere, somehow, this is serving our evolutionary energy. <sighs> doesn't that feel good? All right, still no chat. So uh, apparently there is some kind of big thing going on. You guys, if you have questions, you may have to text me or send me a message on Messenger. That might be the easier way to go. And I'll certainly check out why it is. This is an experience we're having with, uh, with YouTube now. So, hmm, hmm. Isn't it interesting that it seems to me, isn't it interesting you know, I could fall into victimness here very easily because it seems like every time I get on a roll using a tool or a platform, YouTube, FaceTime, or Face uh, Facebook, what was the other thing I was using? Be, be something, be live, that somehow at some point, some part of it blows up. I could easily take that and make myself a victim of these platforms or someone out there doesn't want my voice to be heard or little bugs in my ear, right? Instead, I'd rather go, hmm, I wonder what is being upgraded in the system. I wonder, I'm curious now, of course, I'm a Gemini, that's natural, but I'm curious now as to what has changed in the system that has created this error message for the chat. Why can't we chat? And uh, of course, that opens things up to exploration. It's not me being a victim of these platforms that are just dumping all over me because every time I just get comfortable in a platform, something blows up. No, I'm going to do it a different way. <laughs> I'm going to go, hmm, hmm, what does this mean? What is this showing me? What else is happening? What more is possible? So we can use that in the everyday context. And for the next three months, while Uranus is at that gate 24, we'll have that opportunity to sort of practice ahead of time. And then he'll move back into the gate. Uh, actually, he moves shortly into the gate two. That's a completely different conversation. You can look to the Human Design 2021 course. It's free. All you have to do is go to livingastrologyacademy.com and enroll in that course. And by the way, we're about ready to finish that course as I've almost completed the next route, which was Chiron and the nodes. And once we're done with that, the next new course will be offered. And uh, I believe I'm going to go more into human design for a, uh, a while, uh, talking more about types and strategies, and then likely shift into free courses on astrology. So you can learn more about the houses, the planets, the combinations of relationships through aspects and patterns and signs and things like that. So those will be coming along um, uh, in 2021. All you need to do is be a member of the Academy and to sign up for the Academy is free. If you so choose, there's also the membership option $13 a month, you can have access to monthly webinars, to forums where you can come and ask your questions, uh, and to other um, uh, types of webinars, de taking deeper looks into each of the systems, human design, the gene keys, and into um, astrology. All right, so let's continue looking ahead at the week. So today we have a minor aspect going on with the sun in a semi-square to Pluto. Now the sun, of course, is the full light of your personality, the, the light of who you are, right? The, it's it's the, the, the outer you. And he's coming into a tension-filled uh, aspect with Pluto, the great transformer. So there may be this tension that you're feeling, maybe it's just under the surface, maybe it feels just like an irritability. Uh, maybe it just feels like I, I want to get going, I want to get doing something, but not knowing exactly what or where or how or when uh, to do something. Uh, and the, to break this tension that you might be feeling, feeling about when are things going to change? When, when am I going to get 
XYZ, right? Whatever it is. So that may be going on today. It literally will pass on by tomorrow. Uh, so watch when you're on the roads, watch when you're in dealing with other people, as there's just this sort of band of tension that's just under the surface for all of us that might easily be triggered by things we say or do. Uh, then tomorrow, of course, we are shifting into the new Human Design Week with Uranus. We just talked about that. On Wednesday, Mars, the planet of action and assertion and movement, forward movement, is moving out of Taurus and into Gemini. This is huge for us, anybody who's been feeling like they're stuck um, feeling like they have to, like it's they're slogging through molasses or the faster they try to go, the slower things become. And that's because Mars in Taurus is in an earth sign and Mars is fire. Fire wants action. It wants no, it wants movement. It wants to do it now. It's impulsive. And when it meets up with earth, it slows things down as earth is denser. So while Mars has been in Taurus, um, he's been a little bit uh, bound by more dense rules. Well, when he moves into Gemini, it becomes a license to chat and share and talk and move and take action and be witty and to be action oriented. Air, energy, and fire, they fan the flames of one another, right? So fire feeds off of air and air fans the flames and makes things happen. So for uh, the next uh, month, uh, while Mars is in the sign of Gemini, we might be talkative. We might feel like there are a lot of things to do, places to go, people to see, autographs to sign. So we are in the mood to talk and we are in the mood to move. And the only negative for all of this might be that we can leap into or out of things faster in our lives, right? Our thinking is very much sped up during these next couple of weeks, several weeks. And through, in fact, through the whole entire month of March, I want to say until April 3rd, so literally a full month. And at that point, then during this time period, the only caveat is we'll have to deliberate what we do, be more deliberate in what we do. And as well, we'll have to find ourselves needing to listen more than talking. So I know that because things can be exciting during this time, we can all get into this conversation, but nobody's listening, right? Everybody's talking, but nobody's listening. So the important part about the lesson of Mars moving through uh, the sign of Gemini will be to use the mind uh, in ways that really listens to people that are talking to you or to what the conversation is, and then taking action from there instead of just taking action or, you know, talking over people, uh, talking, 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 moving, 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 and never stopping to take a breath. So we might have, while we'll have this really good energy of action, we're going to have the not so good energy of uh, being stuck, you know, with uh, a mouth that doesn't want it to be quiet. I'm checking my phone really quickly to make sure I to see if I have comments. I know Asa is not with me this morning. She is out of town and uh, that is not her. I thought maybe she would check in with us, but, and I'm checking for questions. Oh, there we go, messenger. Please pick up your phone. <laughs> We are not able to write in the chat. Sorry, I have to be a pain in the butt. Just have to type in the chat. So, so I have to type in the chat so that you can type in it. Okay, so let me do that. Let's try that. Thank you, Jacqueline. And so, hello, everyone. It's me. <laughs> I don't know what to type in. Oh, I know what I'll type in. I'm going to give you the uh, Living Astrology Academy. Oops, if you spell it right, it works better, uh, .com. That way you can join into the free courses that are going to be available. For those of you who are already members of the Academy, you do not need to do anything because as I develop those courses, they get automatically added to your bundle into the membership. So you don't have to do anything to get those for free. They're already there for you. All right, Jennifer Peachy, hello. Now, so apparently I have to say something in the chat before everybody can chat. So fascinating. 
but it's good to see you. There's Christine Buckingham. Yay, good morning. <laughs> uh, I love it. Okay, everybody. So now we have a secret that we, that's just been revealed to us, right? I love it. Uh, so anybody else who has a question, please feel free to type that in now. The chat feature is working. JLo, woohoo. JLo, I love it. Please pick up your phone. I'm, I felt that right while I was talking. Please pick up my phone, which I did. Took a second, but I did. <laughs> Thank you for sending those psychic messages to me. Uh, good morning, Corey. And uh, I'll come back and check on this in a minute as I want to uh, go back and finish talking about some of the energies for the week. Adrienne Jones, OMG, good morning all. Uh, yay, I love it now. Okay, so now we have a secret revealed. Now I'll know what to do every morning. And likely because Asa does that for me, I didn't even realize that that was uh, an issue. So here we go. Uh, so Mars into Gemini, good news for all of us is we'll be able to move ahead with our ideas, with our inspiration, we'll be very action oriented, but we may at times need to be reminded about our type and our strategy, the things that slow us down so that we are in the right place, right time, right people, right opportunity, so that we are aimed in the right direction instead of trying to force or push ourselves into something uh, during the week, uh, during the next month. On Thursday, Mercury conjuncts Jupiter. If you've been waiting for good news or you've been waiting for something to come in the mail, a, a present, a, a good piece of information, uh, that is your day, right? Mercury now out of retrograde and in forward motion, moving in to meet up with Jupiter. And this is like communication and the mind or ideas coming together with the great benefic, benefic planet Jupiter. Fortune, good luck, right place, right time, right people, right opportunity might be on Thursday and actually a day before the day and even a day after as Mercury is moving toward Jupiter the day it is conjunct Jupiter, and then maybe even the day after as he begins to separate from Jupiter. So that happens on Thursday. So maybe Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, maybe even we can eke it out to the weekend as Friday and Saturday have no aspects whatsoever that we need to worry ourselves with. The moon, of course, on Friday will be in Sagittarius and also on Saturday until the evening. So that's Jupiter territory. So that extends the days that we might be hearing some good news, or we may just be in a frame of mind of optimism where we can start to make connections with things that we've been unable to up until this point. So there's some really good feeling to this energy of this particular week. And then on Sunday, Sunday, we begin another human design year or week, <laughs> not another year, a new week. And uh, that takes us into the energies of the gates 22 and 47. I will share that with you guys on Friday in more detail, uh, talking about what comes next. And then, you know, just as a, a forewarning, we also have Jupiter uh, getting ready to shift gates. That will happen next week on the 11th. So right now, you know, we are, we're finishing up the energies of Jupiter in the gate 19, which is about being sensitive. It's about attuning to what's in the invisible realm as a way to indicate what direction we might need to go in. Where's the direction of growth taking us? If you were to step back and just watch the flow of your life, like what is opening up for you right now? What's coming? because we can tune into this. And remember too, right now the sun uh, is in Pisces and Pisces is a sign that's readily open to intuition or to inspiration coming in. So um, be on the lookout for what that might mean. And then as we move into the next week, Jupiter changing gates out of the gate of sensitivity and into the gate of revolution. So the, the things that you are sensitive to or sensitive is really about sensing, sensing through uh, all of your senses, really. It's not just about psychic sensitivity. Um, whatever it is in, in your world that you're sensing for yourself. So it could come through the tactile senses, through sight, smelling, hearing, tasting, um, but also through dreaming, through all of the clairs, the clairaudient, clairvoyance, clair, you know what's 
all, all, all down the line. Um, but the kick is for us to be open to it. What are, we, what are we sensing? And then to take action according to your type, your strategy, and your authority. Uh, all right, now, I, whoops, that isn't what I wanted to share. Let's go back here. Oh, look at all the comments coming in. I love it. Deborah Johnson, yay. Mimi, good morning. It looks good now. She says, Deb Johnson says, good morning, everybody. Kathleen Mallory, what a great thing to be able to communicate as a community. What are the possibilities? I love it. I love it. I love it. I think I got one already in the mail calling to verify today. Uh, I don't know what that is that you got in the mail, but that's awesome. And uh, maybe an opportunity of some sort, right? Perhaps, perhaps. I love that. Uh, so uh, that's it for the week ahead. Let's take a look at our Pleiadian energy today. Today is six choosing, choosing energy. And remember, remember, we're in the week of remembering the 13 day spiral that began with one remembering is about our tapping into things that we've perhaps forgotten, right? The, um, the things that, you know, when we became incarnated here on the planet, we, we often call it the veil of forgetting. What did we forget, right? What truth did we forget? What, uh, what do we need to realign ourselves with now? That's always a possibility here. And as well with choosing energy, it, it, it's, our own, it's our only true freedom, right, is to choose. When we talk about free will, often people think that means you can do whatever in the freak you want. And in some respects, that may be true. But if you're going to do whatever you want, you also have to remember that the consequences of doing so are yours as well, right? So we have choices that we make that lead to consequences. Now, consequences aren't always negative things like, you know, something blowing up in your face. But there are always consequences to our choices, to our free will. So the trick is to choose not from a place of reaction, but from a place of response. So choosing and response are related to one another, right? And response is when you take a moment when somebody's triggered you, you know, instead of that knee jerk comment that you spit out or the 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 blow that you uh land in their midsection uh because you didn't like what they say or before you crumple onto the floor in tears because of something that someone says or does is to breathe breathe in take a moment and then you can choose right? This is choosing energy. What do I choose to do? If I remember in that moment that I am a divine being and that the person in front of me is also a divine being and that from that, that position that they're having a bad day perhaps, or what is it that you're learning from this blow up between you and another person? What does this mean for you before you choose what you do? So it's all about being in choice, but choice comes from response, not from reaction. There's no choice in reaction, really. The choice was made for you in the moment. Or I guess you could say you made that choice, but it came from a place of reactivity and not from response. So this is the energy of what we are changing on the planet as we move forward, right? As we start to move forward, it's all about how we are using our emotional solar plexus. Is the emotional solar plexus being used in response as it should be clarity over time? Or is it being used in reaction where we just jump out and do something or react to something in our lives? So that's, our, that's where our real choice lies in how is it that we are going to respond to what is showing up in our lives, whether it's something awesome and great or whether it's something that is hurting our feelings or doesn't feel so good. All right, I hope that makes sense to everybody. The energy of the day itself is the six energy. The six is the energy of flow. It is the ability to move around or over or under or even to just hold back for the moment until the next sign or pathway opens up for you. So you know how sometimes we can be doing a project, we could be working on something and we come to a point where we can't go any further, like 
we need somebody else's input uh, or uh, the, 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 the platform isn't working right, whatever it is, there seems to be some kind of obstacle that has shown up that is blocking your path ahead. And what do we often want to do? We often want to push, we want to push against anything, or we want to push forward, even if it's, it's, it's the signs all around us are showing us it's time to pause. So the energy of six is about flowing, going with the flow, or is it flowing with the go, right? Maybe the go is a stop, right? Or a pause right now. And that might be what's in order for you to be a part of at the moment. Um, so it's about always being in the flow of the energy, not forcing or pushing or backpedaling away from. Uh, sometimes it's a pause, but sometimes it's making a change, right? It's flowing around an obstacle, flowing over an obstacle. Okay. So today is that six choosing energy. So we're flowing with the choices that are in front of us. That is our uh, Pleiadian earth energy for the day. Uh, okay. Good morning, Ingrid. It's good to see you, Kathleen. So glad you're here too. Um, let's take a look. Kathleen, I think this might be a good time to answer a question that you emailed to me over the weekend. Um, Kathleen's question was, I'm going to have to restate it because I don't have my email open, but uh, that the full moon was at nine degrees of Virgo um, and her part of fortune is sitting at nine degrees of Virgo. Um, so what is the part of fortune was part of the question and what does that mean to have a full moon sitting on the part of fortune? So the part of fortune, it comes from a mathematical calculation. So this is, I don't get into this, right? With the math, I don't do that. I just go to my program and I say, put in the part of fortune. So all of you have a chart that has the part of fortune in it. And it looks like a circle with a cross, right? The uh, That looks almost like the earth, it does look like the earth symbol in human design, but it doesn't really represent earth. But it does in a way, it's the mathematical sort of halfway point between the placement of your sun and the placement of your moon. And where it lands is where when you are balancing your inner and your outer selves, the sun, the outer, the moon, the inner, where it is you can find the most joy in living, right? The most joy in being on the planet. The most joy sometimes in just the being, the most joy in the doing, um, so if your part of fortune then is in the sign of Virgo, uh, where you get the most pleasure is when you have a routine, when you have a neat environment, when things are organized, uh, when things, when you have the ability to do things in a practical way, right? So there's that Virgo energy that likes to be able to um, have the practical uh, organized um, environment in which to work with. It is also the energy of healing and healing by purifying. So it's an interesting connection because Virgo's opposite is Pisces. Pisces can rule toxins and poisoning and uh, things that that are allergens or that create a reaction within us. So it can be things like germs or viruses where Virgo's other end is able to work through some of the healing of that by purifying the environment. So I would say for you, Kathleen, uh, with the part of fortune here is how can you purify your environment, the environment that you're in, the people that you surround yourself with, the things that are surrounding you. And with the full moon, there could be a revelation of sorts for you in that, an aha that says, yeah, I'm holding on to all of these old grievances, all of these old beliefs, all of these old things that now maybe you can see are holding energy that's keeping you from really living in joy, which is what the part of fortune is meant to be, living in joy. So what can you heal within you? The potential is there for that kind of connection. Now, all of you have a part of fortune somewhere in your chart. So also by house, right? The house that the part of fortune is in can tell you some information as well. So 
looking to your own, if we look at today's astrology chart, because I can give you that as an example, the part of fortune today, if this were a person is sitting in the sign of Scorpio, in fact, at 11 degrees of Scorpio. Now, uh, and in the eighth house, ooh, good one, this is an easy one, really, because the part of fortune in Scorpio is someone who's investigative by nature, who loves to investigate who loves to go deep, right, into something, no superficialness there. They are passionate and what they love, they love. And what they do is they sort of go deep into it uh, with an intensity sometimes uh, about what it is that they want to know about what it is that they want to study about who it is they want to love. And in the gate or in the uh, house, uh, the eighth house, it can be one of financial intensity, right? Where someone who's really hopped on the bandwagon of paring down their expenses or getting right with their financial life. It could be someone who is resistant to change. Scorpio is a fixed sign. A fixed sign means that they're loyal, they're steadfast, they're stable, but they can also get caught up in a rut, right? And this is water that is stable. This is uh, fixed water, Fixed water has a problem. It holds on to old emotions, hurts, emotional connections. Um, it has a little bit of a, a hoarding instinct. It wants to uh, use everything against itself or others that it's held on to. So I, you know, remembering that one time that you said something that hurt my feelings. And every time you and I have this conversation, that's running back through my mind. So the part of fortune here in Scorpio might be fortunate in that you have an air of change and transformation that's possible for you. Uh, on the low side, it might be places that have been uh, holding on too tightly to relationships, to people, to feelings, etc., and that it's time for you to let them go. Uh, but you can also experience the deep processing of your own caca, right? Your own stuff and to be able to work through that. So the part of fortune right now is, if you think about this as a, um, a collective energy, then what we have right now perhaps is the ability for all of us to process through our own goo, right? Through our own um, feelings, our own emotions, our own issues. And to do that in a releasing way, right? In a way that brings us joy, in a way that lightens our loads, right? So that's kind of good. Uh, Deborah Johnson, mine is in the ninth house of Aries. So Aries is a sign of exploration. It loves to explore and to be in motion and to be bold and courageous and to stand on its own two feet, to be independent. It is a, a very powerful sign for new beginnings and initiating action. So what that might mean for you is that what you really love doing is beginning new things of, of exploring territory or in the ninth house, the ninth house is a house of the higher mind or spiritual beliefs. So what you might really have as a bold or courageous thing that you do is in exploring your own beliefs, exploring religions or philosophies as a way to broaden your horizons. So Deborah, what I would say for you is that you get the most joy when you are broadening your horizons, right? When you are stepping out of self-righteousness that I know I'm right and this is the only way it can be to uh, an open-minded exploration of spirit, of the higher self, of other countries or cultures, because the ninth house is about the broadening of our, our horizons and our experiences in life. It's a good place. Uh, okay, so Kathleen, for years, I have had clutter problem. I need to clean that up for maximum joy. Yes, yes, you got it, girl. Uh, what a gift this is to me. You know, what an aha moment, right, to understand that. So uh, clutter, what can you do? You know, it, there's many reasons why we have clutter. It might be that we have um, a fear of letting things go, right, that if we let it go, there's a hole, right? That there's a void and we might then, you know, feel like something's missing. Um, there's sometimes, uh, I don't know what this, I do this, is that uh, I, I don't want to keep throwing things away 
because it fills up the landfills or if there's a way I can recycle it, that's even better. And so I am often holding on to things until I can recycle them because I don't like the idea of tossing them, even if it's something like a piece of furniture that is broken down and needs to be tossed. Uh, I hesitate to do it because I'm afraid of filling up the landfills. It's a, that's a Pluto in Virgo generation thing, by the way. So any of you who are around my age, a little bit before, from about 1957 to about 1968, uh, maybe 1969 or 70 even, um, we have this issue, right, where that uh, Pluto was in Virgo and we're keenly aware of our impact on the planet and uh, trying to set a, a way that we are not impacting it negatively. So trying to make our carbon footprint, if you will, smaller, or at least we're very uber aware that when we're throwing things away, the impact it has. So that could be an issue for all of us that are, you know, late 50, very late 50s, 57, 58, 59, uh, and all through the 60s might have Pluto in that sign. Kathleen, part of me likes to obscure the fact that I am not busy with meaningful things to me. Mm. So, so if you stepped back and you tried to be non-personal about this, if, if this was you coaching or teaching or talking to someone else, what would you do? How, what would you say to that person? Right. When uh, th this is, I don't think my part of fortune is in Virgo. It's not, it's, uh, it's in Libra, I believe. Um, but this happened to me when we moved a few years back and my son likely who has a part of fortune in Virgo kept saying, mom, you've not used this in three years. Why keep it? And I'd be like, but you're, you, you want to take it to the dump. So all I'm doing is transferring a problem into the dump. And that's where I was caught. And finally, he was just like making the decisions for me. Almost. Um, he'd say, what do you want to do with this? And I'd say, I want to keep it. He goes, why? So he would want to know, why do I want to keep it? And if the reason wasn't good enough, then it went into the back of his truck to be off to the dump. So it was pretty funny. Uh, so maybe step back, look in. Is this something I really need? Or is this just something I have an attachment to? If you just have an attachment to it and you're not going to use it, then let it go. Right? The same thing is happening in my closet right now. <laughs> this is kind of a funny thing. But I read somewhere, someone said, put your hangers in backwards so that instead of like hanging them forward onto the hook, hang them backwards onto the hook. And at the end of the month or the end of the year, I think is where you do this, any hanger that's still backwards, let go of the clothing, right? Let it go because you haven't worn it anyway. And by the time a year goes by, you're probably not going to wear it. So that's one of those things that you can look at too. If in your closets, if you haven't looked at it in a year, why do you still have it, right? So that can help declutter. But we also, in, in Virgo, remember Virgo is ruled by Mercury. So what's cluttering up your mind might also be something that you can work with. What's in my mind? What thoughts am I always thinking? Um, you know, what beliefs are there that are caught up there that I can let go of? Because that's another pathway forward for you. JLo says, oh shoot, mine's in Scorpio in the sixth house. I do tend to hold on to things I am learning, uh, or better yet, I was forced to get rid of things emotionally. Indeed, right? A, a lot of times that's, what if that meant JLo emotions that were keeping you caught up in poor health? Um, it could be emotions that were keeping your ability to, to, to work in a healthy environment. I mean, lots of different things here. Kathleen, paper clutter is my problem. Uh, I fix that by having a shredder, right? Because a lot of the papers I keep are people's charts. And I'm keenly aware that if I just put those out in recycling, that somebody might pick up somebody's birth information. So I shred those things. You guys should all feel good about that. I shred those things so that no one else can get access to your birth information, right? So what are we holding on to there? Take and shred them. Because shredding, you can still recycle, but it's safer that way. Especially if they're like bank statements. And uh, uh, what did I have? I had something like 12 years worth of um, tax returns. Certainly, we don't need to keep that many years. So I shredded that information. It feels really good, by the way, to do that. So I support you in doing that, Kathleen. Corey, I do that with my closet too, except I base it on what all is all the way to the left 
If on the left, I haven't worn it. I like the reverse hanger idea though too. Either way works, right? In fact, what I was doing this morning, because <laughs> I'm so weird, I have, and maybe you guys do this too, I have my hangers all arranged in um, Roy G. Biv order. That is rainbow, the rainbow order, so colors. So my clothing goes from uh, the red uh, to the orange or peach colors to the, the pinks and on into the, the blues and to the grays and to the blacks. So for me this morning, I was looking at, I, I wanted to wear pink, but it, I ended up in peach, but no big deal. Um, Cause I was looking at the pinks going, there's three or four shirts there I haven't worn in a year. Why do I keep them? And then I didn't want to throw them away. I didn't want to take them out of the closet because I might just want them. So I'm going to have to contend with that myself, cleaning out my closet a bit uh, as the seasons get ready to change. And I'm going to want to bring out more of my spring wardrobe, if you will, and uh, that kind of thing. So just little games, right? What do I need? What do I really need? If I don't really need it, then I need to release it. Okay. Alrighty, guys, I can't believe it. It's an hour and um, I am done with the information I have for the day. So I wish you all a pleasant week. I will see you on Friday where we will talk about the weekend's energy. Primarily, that's going to be human design energy and uh, anything else that I think of that might be fun. All right. Take care, everybody, and uh, have a great day. Bye now.